Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Let's talk hard. Let's talk the Revenant, arguably the toughest endurance race in New Zealand, certainly one of the toughest endurance races in the world. This is running from the 19th of January through to the 22nd. It's been staged in Welcome Rock, which is around 45 minutes south of Queenstown on the kingston Garston Highway. It's a total distance of 60 kilometres. It's 16,000 metres of vertical climbing. So it's basically starting from sea level and climbing to the top of Mount Everest twice in a time limit of 60 hours, four laps, but having to hit certain checkpoints along the way. It's its fifth year, and only four athletes in history have finished. The event director is Scott Worthington. He joins us on the programme. Scott, good evening. Welcome. Hi, Mark. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Um, Scotty, let's go back four or five years. Uh, Why did you decide that there was room in the market for such a brutal event? Um, I suppose I didn't really think about the marketplace, to be honest. I, I really, it was really a selfish thing. Um, I tried to get into the Barclay Marathons uh, three times. Um, anyone that knows that race knows it's a sort of cryptic, secret way of getting in. Um, it's not a sort of normal entry process. And anyway, I never got a, even got a reply um, for any of the letters that I wrote. And so in the end, I thought, well, I'll just create my own. Um, New Zealand's got pretty... Um, interesting and tough terrain so yeah that was the motivation um, and obviously it's only a small field so we don't really encroach on any other races that are around um, so yeah that, that was the that was the reason for creating it. Okay just give us a little bit of background though on the Barclays Marathon because I think people have heard it but I might just get you to provide a little bit more background so they then get a bit of an understanding of um, the basis of your event. Okay, so so uh, the format for the Barclay, which is what we use, the format, um, is uh, they have um, five laps, we have four. But fundamentally, it's a orienteering style uh, lap. In other words, you have to get um, uh, checkpoints in, se- in sequence. Uh, you navigate with map and compass only. And the Barclay's been going, I think it's 1986 was when it started. Um, and as of... Last year, it's usually held around sort of April in Tennessee in the USA. Um, I think since 1986, they've had 15 finishes, um, and some of those finishes have done it, have finished twice. So it's not 15 people; it's actually 15 finishes um, since 1986. So um, fairly difficult event, obviously. And is it the same course every year? So do you go back and you go, right, no, I came up slightly short, but I know the course now and I'm pretty confident next year I can go just that little bit further and it's almost like a three or four year plan to try and complete it or does it course change every year? No, you, you've hit it on the head there. Fundamentally, um, we leave the course very, in some years it's been exactly the same as the previous year um, and other years it's been just very minor changes. And the whole idea is just what you said. Um, if something's going to be possible, 
it's easy to make it impossible if every year we keep changing it. Um, so that's not the spirit of it. The spirit is that you learn from your mistakes, you come back, and you hopefully improve. Um, having said all that, um, this year is the first year that we've made some substantial changes, and that's primarily because, say, we have had four finishes, and three of those were actually in one year. Um, so it probably, you know, sort of skews it a bit um, in terms of how many we get every year. Um, but some of the guys uh, uh, and girls have said they'd, they'd like to come back and give it another crack. Um, and so we changed it just a little bit um, for them to feel like it's, it's fresh, but not enough that if you've done it in the past, you lose all your gained experience. So it's always just a fine fine line between getting it right and getting it wrong. How did you find the location Welcome Rock and then how did you determine um, the length and the duration of each lap and primarily where you would then put the checkpoints? Um, so got onto uh, Welcome Rock because the property owner Tom O'Brien who, who runs the race with me now um, put on a, a wee event there on, on his property um, and uh, we got chatting uh, it, was a, it was a run got chatting and he, he asked me, he sort of said, well, you know, I wouldn't mind putting on a much longer event. Um, come back to me if you've ever, ever got any ideas. And it took two years for me to get back to him um, with this idea. Um, and he bought into it immediately. And so that's, that's, the, that's the reason why, or that's, that's the sort of, um, that's the, the, the property that we run it on. Uh, and it's because of, as I say, that, that, that running um, relationship that we, we forged six, seven years ago mm. now, I suppose. Now, people can enter as two-person teams, so you can do it with someone else. It, you, you, everybody still has to do the entire 60 kilometres. You've got to hit those cut-off times for each lap, but you can ultimately work together, can't you, on this? Yeah, I mean, uh, so there's, there's, there's two, two sides to that. So you can enter as a, a solo individual or you can enter as a two-person team. And the spirit of that was really because uh, I know that people like to train with other people and maybe someone's strong at navigation and someone's you know, weak but strong somewhere else. So that was just to encourage people that if they wanted to train and, and enter as a, as a team, it uh, was a little bit of an incentive to get onto the start line. Um, ultimately, when they're on the, on the start line and they're in the race, there is no difference other than the two, the two team members have got to stick together. Mm. But really... What you find is, it's sort of the same with the Barclay, is that most people prior to the race team up anyway. They chat with each other and they find out what their strengths and weaknesses are, especially the guys that have done it before. Newbies will tend to, you know, try and get one of those to see what they, see if they can get into my head and see where, you know, if they can work out where I might be placing or changing a checkpoint. So really it's honestly a couple of, quite often two or three big, huge groups travelling around at the, in the first lap. Uh, after which they start splitting up. Now, Scott, as we said, it's 60 hours, but there are four laps, and each lap has a cut-off time of 15 hours. So if you go 15 hours in one second, you are out of the race. Does each lap have a different set of checkpoints? Um, so just, just a slight um, correction there. So the, the first cut-off is actually at 30 hours, after which it becomes 15-hour intervals. Okay. And the reason we did that is simply to give somebody, just as you said, you know, you come in at 15 hours in one minute, uh, you theoretically would be out after that first lap, but you know, quite often people will go quicker on the second lap because they now know where the checkpoints are. Um, so no, the checkpoints don't change; they stay the same. Um, but uh, during the race, but 
Um, people make a, a pretty common mistake of, you know, creating their route because they have to choose their own route uh, between the, there's no tracks or anything like that. So they get a map with the checkpoints mm. on it and then they say that they work out their route. Um, and it's a fairly common mistake that people will choose one route, thinking the route's the same in both directions. And Mark, you've been a good runner and you know as well as I do, you know, these people are complaining about an out-and-back course. Um, you know, when you when you return and go in the other direction and what was up is now down and vice versa, it's a different run. Mm. Um, well, add navigation and um, you're coming at a checkpoint, you know, maybe an hour, two hours between a checkpoint. When you come at from the other direction and maybe at night, it's a new challenge. Yeah, and of course there is the sleep deprivation longer you go. Clearly the mental fatigue does kick in. So the, so the athletes that have finished, what have been, what has been their makeup? Is it just this about being a good runner? I mean, those that have finished, describe, I describe them as athletes. Yeah, um, so I think the answer to your question there is you just have to be a good runner, and the answer to that is no. You've got to be a complete package, which means that you've got to be able to, because it's an unsupported race, um, you've got to be able to navigate, and all, all four that finished have been you know, pretty good navigators. Um, you've certainly got to be able to, to um, you manage sleep, uh, your food, um, the logistics in between, what you're going to do each lap, that sort of thing. And that comes from a sort of adventure racing style background. And again, all four that have finished um, are people that have done a lot of stuff in the backcountry, generally unsupported, some of it solo. Um, so really that's the common denominator is that they've certainly all got endurance backgrounds uh, and some running backgrounds, but the, the, the key thing is they're not pure runners. They're all they're all people that um, have got good experience mm. in the back country. And it's old-fashioned compasses, no GPS, no sort of modern technology whatsoever. From a risk management point of view, um, I'd imagine that is a challenge as an event organiser? Yeah, it is. It is. We're relatively lucky being a lap race. Um, you know, it's just over 200 kilometres, a complete race, but each lap's just over 50 kilometres, and it's fundamentally a circle. So the start finish is pretty much in the middle of that circle, um, which means that they're actually never that far away from us. Um, so the way we handle it is uh, we have a very small group of volunteers and they're pretty much hand-picked, um, a group of people that are all good athletes and all backcountry people. Most of them have done a God zone or something mm. like that. Um, and we send them out and they're out on the course um, continuously uh, the, the uh, competitors don't know they're there necessarily and, and looking at them but believe me um, we had uh, Ian Evans finish the race year before last um, and he went out on the last lap by himself uh, he went through the night um, and with my maths and all the recce's that I've done on the course we went to a particular checkpoint expecting to see him at a particular time he was seven minutes late so, you know, when you consider that at that stage you've been out there for coming on to 50 hours and yet we were within seven minutes of, of knowing exactly where he was. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's a bit of a science um, and it takes a, a, quite a bit of organisation, but we choose not to use trackers and things like that. The athletes don't want them. They like that old-style feel. But believe me, we know where they are. Mm. Uh, Scott, 
this year, well, this this year's race, there's been interest from a Japanese television crew to come over and cover this event and then wonderful way to promote New Zealand. Tell us a little bit about NTT and what they're wanting to do. Yeah, um, yeah, a, a, a gentleman um, in New Zealand gave me a call. He was a production company working for um, the, the Japanese um, government or public broadcaster, and they have a race. Uh, sorry, they have a, a TV program called the called Great Race, and um, asked if uh, they could film us. So, um, yeah, it's great. I've had a quick look at it. The last race they had uh, was pre-COVID. They had this well will be their first race that they've shot since COVID. But they did the spine race, which is pretty well known in, in England. Um, had a look at that footage. They do a fantastic job. So, yeah, good for the race, good for New Zealand, uh, good for Southland, especially who really get behind our event. Great South are, are, are really good supporters of the event because we, we, you know, we do showcase the, the beautiful country and the high country, especially of the area. Mm. And, Scott, what sponsors have you got on board? Have you got some commercial partners that have got involved? Yeah, look, right from day one, we've had a very, very good sponsor. Um, I, I was lucky enough to get um, a Volkswagen Commercial. I've always had a good relation with the Guild Track Group. And, um, you know, it's one of those things, do you get multiple sponsors and then everyone gets, you know, a small amount of exposure or do you get hopefully someone that takes the, the one spot and gets all the exposure and, um, and that's what they've done. So, yeah, we've got one sole sponsor, Volkswagen Commercial. Um, fantastic people. Um, yeah, they, they, yeah, we really do have a good, um, good relationship with them. Okay, Scott. Just for people listening to this, just confirm the date that this or well, next year's race is on because it is in January, and how people might be able to follow it if they're just interested. Okay, it's on. Yeah, the, the race briefing starts on the Thursday, the nineteenth, and the, the dates are set between nineteen and twenty-two. Uh, that's obviously if someone does finish. Uh, it obviously often finishes much earlier than that last day because basically there's nobody left. Um, so coverage uh, is live um, and it's cast, broadcast across our, our um, Instagram and, and Revenant pages, which both those addresses are on our website. Um, and we also use a gentleman who does adventure racing uh, commentary um, uh, called AR Coverage. Uh, and uh, he will be um, along with our own post, but he will basically be, con- you know, controlling and and uh, making sure that um, that coverage is is up to date. And and it is. We we make sure that, um, and even though the competitors don't don't know it, we know where they are. And posts um, and live coverage is uh, constant throughout the, the whole race. Scott Worthington, been a privilege and a pleasure. Thank you for joining us on the program. All the very best in January with the fifth edition of the Revenant. Thanks, Mark, and have a, um, a, a very good Christmas. Will do. Scott Worthington, the hard man in his day, and runs one of the toughest events. Uh, I know Scotty well. He's, <laughs> this is not for the faint-hearted. This is a tough, tough race, but for some reason, people want to go and do it. People want to go back year and year and see if they can finish it. Only four people in history.